Hello, I'm Janice Connolly, the Artistic Director of Women in Theatre, and I'm very, very pleased to welcome you to the Women in Theatre podcast. In this series, we present monologues from our Women and Work trilogy. Developed from conversations with women of different ages and backgrounds, these pieces we hope respect and celebrate individual human stories about women's working lives. You're about to hear The Broken Promise, written by me, actually, Janice Connolly, and performed by Katerina Demetraki. This monologue was part of our show Starting Out that explored the reality of five young women entering the world of work in 2016. We recommend you listen to all Starting Out podcasts and then to the discussion episode afterwards in which I talk to four young women looking for work in 2020. We hope you enjoy. upon a time in a land not so far away was born a girl. The land had had its troubles and was not quite the land the girl's mother had grown up in. But it had a lot going for it still. Every day the girl could go to the library, swim in the public baths and play in the parks. The land wasn't perfect and a lot of people fell by the wayside and never got to cross the bridge. But the girl had been promised that if she worked hard, passed all her tests, she would be rewarded and everything would be all right and she would get to cross the bridge. The girl liked nice skirts with swingy hems and coats that nipped in at the waist, and she wanted to be able to buy as many pairs of cream shoes as she wanted. She knew her mother would buy her cream shoes, but the shade her mother liked wasn't quite the right cream. The girl was determined to work hard, pass all her tests and follow instructions so that she could walk over to the other side and start buying her own cream shoes and cushions and cups for her own house. She would see other girls turning cartwheels and running when they'd been told to walk, but she didn't. She stuck to the rules and she never left the path. She didn't sleep under the stars and on sunny days she closed the curtains and opened her books and learned by heart the things she had been told would get her to the other side. She noticed that some girls were already on the other side because they were born there, and it didn't really matter if they'd read their books or not because they were able to buy their own shoes from an allowance they were given at birth. She also noticed that some girls never even tried to pass the test because they were written in a different language that they couldn't read and asked about things they knew nothing about. And she noticed that both these types of girls, the haves and the have-nots, were inclined to be wild and feast on sugar and never said yes. And some of these girls had marked themselves. She was glad she was on the path she was. She knew it was a good and honest path and that she wasn't hurting anyone else. When she was 18 months, they tested her. Very good. Age three, five, seven, ten. All the tests she did the same in. Very good. And she got a certificate. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Then something happened, and her and her mother stood outside Northern Rock for three days. She wasn't quite sure what had happened, but nothing ever felt the same again, and quite a lot of promises got broken. 18, 19, 20, 21. One day she woke up and all the tests were passed. There were no more tests. She went up to the gate. What shall I do now? said the girl. I've passed all my tests. Now you're on your own. 
said the keeper of the gate. Now it starts. I thought it started with the tests, said the girl. Oh no, said the keeper of the gate. The test results mean nothing. It all starts now. Go to the back of the queue. The girl had been so used to being tested that she felt lost without them. She had no curriculum to follow. She didn't know what to do. She stood at the back of the queue. There were loads of other girls who looked just like her, in mumble cream shoes. The girl had been so used to being tested that she felt lost without them. She had no curriculum to follow. She didn't know what to do. She stood at the back of the queue. There were loads of other girls who looked just like her, in mumble cream shoes, standing next to a load of girls with labels. Just in front of her were some of the girls who never got tested, the untested ones. How come you're in front of us? said the girl. We've been here ages. You'll soon move forward and leave us behind. So the tests mean something? Oh yeah, said the untested ones. Tests count for something. After a while, the girl recognised some girls further up the line. Come join us, they turned and shouted. But that would mean pushing in. That's what you have to do, said the girls. It's all right, that's what we did. That's what everyone does. Sorry, said the girl as she left behind the girls with the labels. Sorry, she said as she walked past the untested ones. See, they said. We said you wouldn't be here for long. When she got to the group she knew, they said that someone was coming down the line to look for volunteers. You can't volunteer yourself to the other side, but you can get nearer to the front of the queue, nearer to the gatehouse at the bridge. But surely everyone will volunteer, said the girl. Yeah, said the group, but they can't take everyone. Will they want to see my certificates, asked the girl. Oh no, said the group, just say you know us. But is that fair on the rest, asked the girl. Oh, who told you life was fair, said the group. The girl felt shy when the people looking for volunteers came. She stood at the back. She didn't think she could do it as she hadn't had any experience. Three girls who spoke at first with clear, calm voices and who swung their hair nicely were picked and taken further up. The rest moved one step closer. The girl took one step further back. She had never had a test for confidence, but if she had, she's starting to think she would have failed it. The girl looked to her left and saw that a little bluebird had landed on her shoulder. Cheer up! Nothing's that bad. I'm worried that I'll never cross the bridge. Course you will, said the bluebird. Everyone does really in the end. You just have to believe in yourself. Is that all it takes? Yeah, of course. That's what we bluebirds believe anyway. As Muhammad Ali said, there's no such word as impossible. Thank you for the tip. Don't lose hope. No, I won't. And the bird flew off. Every day the girl stood in the queue. She did what she was supposed to do. She got the Indeed job alert up, cut and pasted her CV and hoped. Sometimes she got a break and moved ahead a bit. 
The next time they were looking for volunteers, she remembered the bluebird and spoke up. And then she met two girls who moved her with them. They had to stay up all night counting, and they weren't given anything for it, but they did move up three places. After 15 months, the girl was getting tired. She had lost a bit of her glow, and she was thinking that she would never get the cream shoes and the cushions and the cups, when she felt a familiar flutter by her ear. It was her friend, the bluebird. You still here? Yeah. How's the keeping going, going? All right. I think the problem is, I don't think I'm very confident. Do you fancy jacking it all in? What do you mean? Doing your own thing. Marching to the beat of your own drum. Oh, I'm sick of working for the big birds. It's me that does all the wing work. Going round, spreading bluebird quotes, keeping the ship stocked with outfalls. I've seen what you get over the bridge and you just keep wanting more. They put something in the water, I think. What is it you want to do? I don't know. I've never known. I like you. You're hard-working. I am. You care about things being fair. I do. And you're honest. I am. Step out the queue. Let's start out on our own. But I've been studying it for so long. I don't want to lose my place. It won't look good on my CV. Fuck em. Come on. I can't. Nothing ventured, nothing gained. What have you got to lose? The girl looked at the long grey queue. Absolutely nothing. And she did something she had never done in her life. She stepped out of the line. Oh, I don't like it. I'm falling down some kind of bottomless pit. No, you're not. Suddenly, there was a flock of golden-beaked swallows around her that caught her mid-fall, swept her up and flew her over the queue. Where have they come from? asked the girl. They've always been there, you just couldn't see them. And will they carry me over the bridge? No, said the bluebird. You've chosen another way. The bridge is close to you now. We're going an alternative route. What about my certificates? Drop them. You won't need them. The girl and the bluebird flew in the opposite direction to the bridge gatehouse until nighttime fell. Then they came upon an old closed down factory next to a row of shut up shops by a disused canal where the swallows left them. We can sleep here tonight, said the bluebird. Inside the factory there were fires and beds and people of all ages, shapes and sizes with all the colours of hair and the air was tasty with a tang of dal curry and pea and courgette soup. People were dancing and playing the penny whistle. The girl recognised some of the untested. Hiya, hiya. And some of the girls with labels. Hiya, hiya. She saw how good they were at singing and how some had built brilliant beds and clever showers using drain pipes and carefully placed mirrors that caught the daylight and made the water sun hot. We can stay here till we know what we want to do, said the bluebird. The girl liked it there. 
There was a garden that grew lentils and peas, potatoes and courgettes, apple trees that made cider and chickens for eggs, bushes for blackberries and a paths full of tiny wild strawberries and fresh coriander. All the rain that fell was caught and kept and every night people sat together and talked and laughed. The girl felt free, like she could be herself. No one was judging her and her confidence began to grow like a little tree in the forest clearing. And she began to have ideas of her own. One night, she and the bluebird were lying on the factory roof, staring at the stars. There had been a feast to celebrate the birth of a baby and all the dances had been danced and all the songs had been sung and their hearts were clear and free thinking. When I was a girl, said the girl, I never knew it could be like this. This is what everyone wants, to be themselves. You've been over the bridge. Is there anything like this over there? I mean, they make places look like this. Loco lounges one, the busting tea parties another, but they're not really like this because they want to make a big profit and where there's a big profit, there's always a cut in quality and somewhere it won't be fair. Let's go over the bridge and make our own place like this there. We won't make a profit, we'll keep it fair. I think it will go down a bomb. Let's start up a business together, an independent business. We will need people to help us, said the bluebird. That's not a problem, said the girl. I know where we can get help. So the girl and the bluebird flew to the back of the queue, to the newly arrived and the been there ages, and she took them all. No one had to be interviewed and everyone was taken with them. And they all helped each other fly over the bridge and they made a place like the warehouse. Everyone got paid the same and were given contracts that meant they could have paid holidays, time off when babies were born and little pension pots for when they retired. The over the bridges loved the warehouse project because when they were there, they felt like they could be themselves and no one was judging them. Everyone started to go there. Seeing how well it was doing, some of the top over the bridges started copying the warehouse idea and opened their own. They put up big advertisement screens the size of two double-decker buses and forced people who'd crossed the bridge illegally to stand outside their venues with two-for-one offers dressed as Spider-Man. Instead of dal curry and pea and courgette soup, they served burger and chips. And no one went. The top over the bridges, realising they didn't have what the girl had, invited the girl to their palace. They wined and dined her and made her an offer of a brilliant job running a chain of warehouses, including paid holidays, booper scheme membership, cream shoes, swingy skirt, a coat allowance, a fully furnished flat with a balcony and wet room, plus matching cups and cushions. The girl was thrilled. At last, she was going to get what she had been promised. On one condition, said the top over the bridges. You have to ditch the bluebird. We don't work with birds. 
And the girl thought deeply about what she'd been offered. And she realised it was everything she had ever wanted. And she said to herself, Fuck em. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you know someone who would benefit and enjoy listening, well, why not share it with them? Also, rating and reviewing the podcast will help us find more listeners. The Broken Promise was written by Janice Connolly and performed by Katerina Demetraki. It was directed by Joe Gleave and sound design was by Sam Frankie Fox. And the podcast was recorded at Brum Podcast Studios. The audio engineer at Brum Podcast Studios was Paul Hadsley. The Women in Theatre podcast is funded by Arts Council England, the Sir Barry Jackson Trust, the Feeney Trust, the Cole Charitable Trust and The Space. It was originally part of the stage production Starting Out, produced in association with Birmingham Repertory Theatre. This is a free podcast from Women in Theatre. We're a charity and if you'd like to support the work we do, you can make a donation by visiting our website womeninthetre.co.uk forward slash supporters. Mm-hmm.